Good morning. You may be seated. So good to be here at City Harvest Church. My name is Patrick Kitely, and uh, I love this place. Amen? How many love this house? Um, I have a saying, I, I like to say, I like it right here. Can somebody say that? I like it right here. Come on, tell somebody beside you, I like it right here. Do you like it right here? The presence of the Lord is in this place. There are miracles that have taken place. Um, I don't know how many years it's been since I, how many years I've been coming, but it's probably about 15 years to this house. I've seen uh, different groups of people. God has set forth in many different places uh, from this house, and now we get the opportunity to be part of uh, this house and be um, have you as our sending church as we plant a church in Atlanta, Georgia. I just want to just give honor to whom honor is due. Uh, first of all, to our pastors, Bob and Sue McGregor. Come on, let's give them a hand. Amen. They, I, I don't even have words. I'll start crying. Um, they just have been uh, just people that have have been there and have been a voice of encouragement, a voice of life for so many years. When I was starting out in ministry, uh, Pastor Bob, uh, he would just reach out on a regular basis, and he's been consistent. Uh, there's consistency in the leadership of this house and uh, getting to hang out with the elders and leaders of this house even this weekend. It's been real cool uh, getting to know you, spending time with you. I bring greetings to you from uh, my wife and my children. My wife's name is Marlena, and uh, we have three kids, Haley, who's 17, Zach, 14, and then Jazz, uh, we call her Jazzalina. Um, she is uh, seven years of age, and uh, she's wild and crazy and fun and keeping us nice and young. And uh, But I bring greetings to you from our home church, Rain Church, um, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, originally started out, some of you know, in Oakland, California, pastored there uh, for many years, and then been doing travel ministry, but uh, this last year we planted our church, Rain Church, um, in Lawrenceville area, north the northeast side of Atlanta, and one of the things the Lord told us to do was to focus on three groups. Now, if you've never met me before, we've never met, you've got to understand that I like to rhyme, and uh, so it comes out once in a while while I'm preaching and while I'm talking, and so... Even the people, the groups of people that we, we have, it's kind of a little bit of a rhyme that we've asked God for, and that is this, the nuns, the duns, and those on the run. And uh, I'll tell you, God has been real faithful to send the nuns, not N-U-N-S, come on now, we're not talking about, we're not... We're talking about N-O-N-E-S, but uh, not the nuns, people who don't know anything about God. They don't know anything. They're unchurched, but they have a hunger inside of them. There's people out here in this city right now. They're nuns, and uh, they don't know anything. They, are, they don't know the gospel. They know nothing, but uh, God's calling us to reach them with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then the, the other group of people is the duns. The duns, there's a whole lot of people. There's some people in this room right now. I don't, the only reason God brought you here is because this is a place of health and healing and restoration, but you were done. And uh, there's a whole bunch of people in Atlanta, Georgia, I've found that are done. They're done with religion. They're tired. They're worn out. They've been burned out. But God wants to restore them. And uh, God uses burned stones. Amen? Burnt stones to, to rebuild walls. And so God's, got, God's been sending those people who are done. And then there's a whole other group of people. If they're not a nun or a done, they're on the run. And there's a whole bunch of people. They're just running around. They don't know what's going on. But God's been 
sending them uh, to our house in Atlanta. Uh, we're in a little warehouse now. It's, it's, it's super fun, a great place. We got great people. And uh, just thank God for um, this, this new house called Rain Church. So if you know anybody in Atlanta or if you're ever in Atlanta, Georgia, Come out, y'all, and uh, we'll take good care of you. We got it's a home of Chick Fil A, and we got a Cracker Barrel at every exit. Waffle House, we'll take care of you. The food is horrible. It's it's horrible. I'm telling you right now, um, it's it, it, it it fattens you up. I've gained a couple pounds since I've lived there, and. Um, and, but it, it's, it's amazing being there in Atlanta, in the city, and seeing what God wants to do um, in, in that area. Amen? So uh, just an honor to be here. But I, I, I'm excited because we get to spend the day together and, and, and see what God's going to do. I believe that today is a day of miracles. Today is a day of breakthroughs. Today is a day of victories. Is there an amen in this room? You have to work with me because, uh, you know, I, I have a friend, his name is Bishop Joseph Garlington. He told me, he said, Patrick, I don't care where you start a church, you can go to Montana and you're going to have a black church. And uh, it's just the way it is. It's just part of the, the grace and anointing that's on your life. And so you guys got to help me out and uh, work with me. I know we're all of the Caucasian persuasion here, and, uh, but, but, but we can all say amen. Amen? Can yeah. somebody say praise the Lord? Can somebody say hallelujah? Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? I think last time I was here, I told you you can say shoot. In Oakland, there was a woman uh, in, in, in our church. She was unchurched. She was a nun. She came to church, and she didn't know our in-house lingo. Lingo. She was not spiritually domesticated. She was not housebroken. And she sat right in the middle, right in the front. And she, she, whenever something got good to her, she didn't have all that stuff. She just said, shoot. And so I give you permission all day long just to say, shoot. Okay? If I was in Oakland and somebody did shout, shoot, it, we might be all ducking. But, um, but can somebody say, shoot? Okay, see, see, we get, we're going to warm up with one another here because we're going to have a good time. I, again, I'm known as the, the rhyming kind of guy. I'll, I'll say things like, the Holy Ghost will do the most to get you to boast. He's the Lord of hosts. And I've come to a, a junction where I can no longer function without the unction. And today, I want to say this, the longer you linger, the stronger you get. See, we're in the presence of the Lord. I was telling Pastor Bob, I said, it is it's powerful up in here. The Holy Spirit is moving in this house. Can you sense it? Can you feel it? It's not regular. Come on now. This is not normal church. There's something going on in this room, and anything can happen. What is impossible with us, with man, is possible with God. And so we came here today not just to get our church on to do our, our priestly duties and to, to, to go about our, our, our week and to fulfill our, our church assignment for the week, but we're here to meet with God. And when God shows up, what did I say? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. God can do, I don't, it doesn't matter what's going in our lives, in one moment, there's suddenlies that are about to take place in this house. There are miracles that are going to be released today in this place. Does anyone have expectations? Does anyone have, shoot, does anyone have faith in this room? And because I'll tell you, God is up to something really big in this place. And we're in this place of worship, in the atmosphere of worship. Bodies are healed, minds are transformed, relationships are restored, destinies are clarified in the place of worship, in the place of God's presence. And God is up in here. Amen. 
Can somebody say that with me? God is up in here, and he's here to declare and to speak a word today. Turn with me. Well, you could, if you have your message and, you, and you're on your, your phone, you can turn with me in the message. I'm going to read from the message paraphrase from Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. In our church, we've been sharing this year on the book of Joshua, and we're walking through Joshua right now, and we've been talking about this whole concept of you have to process the process before you possess the promise. Somebody's going to catch on here in a minute. You have to process the process. How many know God takes us on a journey? That this thing doesn't just happen just overnight. Sometimes he just takes us and we put one foot in front of the other. Some seasons are testing. Some seasons are blessing. And after that, there's another season of testing. And then we go through blessing. God sets different seasons up against each other so we don't give up. And he just sets other seasons in our lives, in our lives where we're blessed and God's doing awesome things. And, 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 but, but, but we don't get puffed up. And so he, he sets seasons against one another, but he wants us to learn the process of the process so we can possess the promise. And God's raising up a company of people in this hour, and I heard the prophetic word today, where we're going to possess everything that God has for us. My grandma used to say it like this, I want all that God has for me. I want everything that God is doing. I want to be a part of everything that God is doing in the earth. Is there anyone in this room who has that, that same kind of thing inside of you? I want all that God has for me. I don't want to miss a moment. I don't want to miss a day. I got to be in his presence. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In that place, I find joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Weeping, my endured for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. It's a new day. It's a new season in your life. And in that place, weeping goes away. Mourning goes away because God is bringing you into something new, into something powerful. See, I grew up in church. He said it. I'm seventh generation ministry. Woo-hoo. <laughs> you know, you can, get a, you can get to a place where you've been there, done that. You know what I'm saying? But there's a hunger that I'm feeling inside of me because I know there's more. There's more. God wants to pour out more in his church in this hour. And so, and so, so, so every enemy that tries to come up, I don't know, I guess I'm from the hood, and so I have this little attitude like, uh-uh, you're not going to mess with us any longer. There's something inside of me that says enough is enough. You know what I'm talking about? See, I want to proclaim and make an announcement. Enough is enough. Can I speak it over your family right now? Enough is enough. Over your children, the attacks that have been coming against your family, your marriage, your mind, your heart. Enough is enough. Sometimes you got to lift up your foot and put it down and say, enough is enough. Can somebody get an attitude? See, if you're in the hood, you'd be like, you know, it'd be like, enough is enough. You know what I'm saying? It's like, take off my heat. What? Enough is enough. Don't mess with my family. Enough is enough. Now, I want to read this scripture in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, from the message, and you've already seen it, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, there's life that's coming. God's going to breathe on this thing here. And it says this, I love the way it says in the message. It says, Caleb interrupted, and he called for silence before Moses and said, let's go up and take the land. Now we can do it. 
Did you hear it? Let me read it one more time. Caleb interrupted, called for silence before Moses, and said, let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. It's not Bob the Builder, but we can do it. There's a few people who know what I'm talking about. We can do it. Can somebody say, we can do it. I hear a little music. We can do it. Let me pray, and then we're going to make a prophetic declaration. Lord, help. Help us. We look to our eyes, to the hills, from whence comes our help. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker, the maker, the creator of heaven and earth. And so we look to you today as our source, as our portion. Come in the volume of the book today, we pray in Jesus' name. And somebody said... Shoot. All right. Get your prophetic bony finger out, because you know I love to do this, and I want you to stick it in your neighbor's face. Don't poke their eye out. And some of you have been wanting to poke some people's eyes out. It's not WWE. Just don't poke their eye out. But I want you to tell them. I want you to say, please excuse me if I lose my composure, because today is a day of supernatural closure. How do I know this? Because the heist is over. Amen? Today is a day of supernatural closure. Can I prophesy over here? I came all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, and I've come to prophesy the word of the Lord to somebody in this room. Today is a day of supernatural closure. One of the things I love about the Passover feast is it's a celebration. It's a celebration of closure, and it's a celebration of newness at the same time. Something new is about to be released, but something is ending at the same time. And so we sit down and we have a meal, and it's closure. There's a closure that's taking place in this place. So please excuse me if I lose my composure. I might say amen. I might say hallelujah. I might even say shoot, because guess what? I'm excited because there are some things that are ending. I'm telling you right now, there's some things, attacks that are ending that have been coming to your life because the heist is over. Are you ready for my rhyme? No, you're not. Even though it seemed like illegal voices attempted to make your choices, the truth is the vices with their devices Versus God's verses for your life is disguised in something priceless that will release surprises in manifold sizes. Any way you slice this, the heist is over. You, you, the heist is over. Hiya. The heist is over. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Bam, the heist is over. There's something that's taking place. Even though it seemed like illegal voices attempted to make your choices, the truth is the vices with their devices versus God's verses. For your life is disguised in something priceless that really surprises in manifold sizes. Any way you slice this, the heist is over. You can take the kid out of Oakland, but you can't take the Oakland out of the kid. I don't know what it is. It's something. But I'm telling somebody here today, the heist is over. The work that's been coming against you is over. I got news for somebody 
in this house today that the work that the enemy's been trying to work against you, what he's tried to steal, how he's tried to kill, how he's tried to destroy, the loss that you have incurred, I'm telling you right now, it's over. I'm prophesying and declaring it in your ear today, it's over. The attacks against your mind, against your emotions, your hormones, your body, the fe your feelings, the things that you're going through, guess what? I got a word in this room, no more. No more. Everything that's been coming up against you, you see, I don't know why, I got an attitude. Um, like I said, I'm from Oakland, and, and one of the things that they do in Oakland whenever, you know, have you ever noticed that, that there's anything going on in the earth that Oakland, for some reason, likes to protest, you know, and, and, and they, like, they, 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 like, rob their own footlocker and everything. It's just crazy. And it's like every time there's something, something's happening in politics or something happens in the earth, it's like, let's go down to footlocker because I need some new George. Bam! You know, but, 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 but there's something that happens. There's something that happens when they start going. It's this, is that they turn things over and they set them on fire. Garbages, cars, houses, they turn things over and they set them on fire. You see, I got an attitude up in here, and I'm about to turn some things over and set them on fire. There's some things that the enemy's been, see, I'm telling you right now, I got an attitude up in here. Somebody's got to get an attitude with me up in here, because enough is enough, and I'm tired of the enemy coming in and stealing from God's people and taking from God from, from a generation that God's trying to raise up. And so, you know what? I'm coming up against the gates of hell and saying enough is enough. And the battles, the things that you've been going through in this last season, you need to realize that hidden in your greatest battle is possibly your greatest victory. The greater the battle, come on, the greater the victory. The greater the fight, the greater the glory. The greater the contest, the greater the conquest. The greater the war, the greater the open door. God's about to open up some doors. He's closing some doors. He says, I'm the God who closes doors, and I'm the God who opens doors. I open things up, and so even those illegal voices, those things that have come up against you, guess what? I got a dis uh, an assignment to tell you that the heist is over. Any way you slice this, the heist is over. The heist is over. In our verse today, we look and we realize that here's a man named Caleb, and by his actions and by his words, he would be what the young people would call, he's woke. He's not asleep. He's alive. He is well. And there's this conversation that's going on post the advance reconnaissance team had gone into into the promised land and they returned and there was a conversation that was going on and there were 10 that were standing together and then there were two that were standing together and the 10 were, 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 were giving their negativity, negative report, they were speaking negativity and they were speaking fear, they were speaking doubt, they were looking at giants, they were looking at themselves as grasshoppers, they were looking at walled cities, they were looking at armor and they were looking at their weakness and they were telling the story, I don't think we can do it. And I love this verse. Because here's Caleb. He's like, I'm going to turn this thing over. I'm going to set this on fire. 
The, the Bible says, I love it in the message, Caleb interrupted. Have you ever interrupted a conversation? Has your spouse ever interrupted a conversation? Has your child ever interrupted a conversation? There's something that takes place. Caleb was listening to this talk and something was rising up inside of him that said, enough! Enough of this talk. And so basically, in so many words, in just a few moments, Caleb just says, uh, uh, he interrupts and he says, in Espanol, callate por favor. <laughs> Shut up. Be quiet. Enough of your talk. We can't hear this anymore. And Caleb, he interrupts and he says, he says, I got to speak. It's my turn to speak. You've said your piece. Now, you got to understand the background behind the story. In Numbers chapter 13, God told Mo. How many feel like you know people in the Bible? You know what I'm saying? I've been with them for years. You know what I'm saying? They're friends of mine. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, you know, you know, Pete. That's Pete, Peter, Pete. Uh, you go down Abraham, that's Abe right there. Apostle Paul, that's Money P right there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what's up, Money P? Um, it, you know, you feel like you know people, but Moses, here he is. God says to him, he says, pick out 12 guys, one from each tribe, and I want you to send them in, and I want them to go up, go in, look, come back, and tell us what they saw. It's an easy job, isn't it? Go up, go in, and come back and give us a report. And so Numbers chapter 13, verse 22 says, they went up, and they went in, and they surveyed the land, and watch this, at the moment the 12 of them saw the land, that's when the separation took place. You see, what do you see? When God spoke a word, there's challenges. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> there's, going to be, there's going to be enemies that are trying to, to, to occupy what God has given you. But what do you see? There was a separation that took place. Uh, when I look at that scripture, I realize possibly Caleb could have been all by himself, except for Moses did one thing to a man named Hosea, the son of Nun. Right before they went into the land, Moses had called and said, Hosea, Son of none, I want you to go into the land. You're going to be part of this team. But right before, if you read in Numbers chapter 13, right before they went in, Moses said, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. There's something on you. And you look in the Bible and you realize God changed people's names. He changed Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah. He changed Jacob to Israel, Saul to Paul. God changed names. But in Numbers chapter 13, it wasn't God who changed his name. It was actually God through Moses who changed Hosea's name to Yeshua, to Joshua. And the name Hosea, by the way, literally means God could save. That's a powerful name. God could save. And Joshua means God saves. 
Do you realize that Joshua had a question mark over the meaning of his name? The meaning of his name is, it's possible that God could save. And his name that Moses gave him said emphatically, God saves. You see, I believe that, oh my goodness, that God is in this time taking question marks off of us because he does not want us to miss, like a whole bunch of other people, what he wants to do in this time. And so they went into the land, and they surveyed the land, and the Bible says, and we had the old Sunday school song, 10 were bad, two were good, 10 were bad, two were good, 10 were sleep, two were woke. Here they are in this place, and sometimes, it's a choice. Somebody who once said choice, not chance, determines destiny. And here's the majority, and they're here, and they're looking at the land, and they see this big old enemy. And then you have the minority. Can I call them Caleb and Shua? Caleb and Joshua. <laughs> and here they are, and they're standing up. Ten, the majority was ruling over these two. But if I look at the 10, I realize something. The 10 spies, when I look in the Bible, to me, the 10 spies were one of the saddest groups of people in the entire Bible. Why? Because, listen, they went in, but they never went back. They went in to the promised land physically, emotionally. Huh, they went in. Can you imagine going in, but not going back? Going in, in prayer, going in, receiving a prophetic word from God the, 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 that he said, I want you to take this land. But 10 went in, but they never went back. And they made a decision for an entire generation that caused an entire generation to die in the wilderness and to miss out on what God had for them. There were only two that could spare the future, and it was Caleb and Joshua. They tasted, but they didn't drink. But here's Caleb, and I love this, and I'll just break this verse down for you in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Here's Caleb. He's listening to this talk, and he's like, shh enough. Listen, huh. he said, let's go up and take the land. I'm prophesying to this house. And let's go up and take the land. Now we can do it. Let's go up. Let's rise up. I'm prophesying to you. We have a word from God. We have promises from God. What are we waiting for? Come on, somebody. We have the power of God. We have the, the, the word from God. What are we waiting for? Here he is. He said, let's go up. Let's do this. I can't help myself. I'm tired of wandering in circles year in, year out, in maintenance mode, doing the same old, same old, and I'm sitting here looking, and God said, there's more. There's more. There's more. And I'm sitting here going through this, and so he says, get up, stand up, pack your stuff, let's go up and take the land. Let's possess the land. You know, sometimes you got to look and you got to get an attitude. You know what? This is my city. 
This is my land. This is my family. Come on. God's giving it to you. These are my kids. This is my neighborhood. Come on now. This is, this, this, is, this is my entire, this is my house. These are my pastors. This is my leader. There's something about taking possession, taking ownership. Come on, somebody. It's ours. It's yours. God's spoken. He's given it to you. He's given you promises. And sometimes we can just sit around and just wander in circles. But God says, guess what? I spoke the word. And as they used to say, God, if God said it, then I believe it. That settles it. That settles it. God spoke his word, and here is Caleb. He's dropping this truth, and he said, truth, and he says, it's ripe, it's ready, let's do this now. We can do it. Amen. We, City Harvest Church, can do it. Do you believe it? We can do it. If there's eggs dropping out of the sky, I'm looking for rain, but eggs work. You guys have enough rain. You need eggs. <laughs> we'll take the rain. You have the eggs. But we can do it. See, there's something inside of you that God wants to speak. Faith comes by hearing, hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There's something about the Word of God that begins to activate and begins to cause dry bones to come together, causes sinews and muscles to come together. Something about the Word of God that speaks to the four winds from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and breath comes into things that were dead. Things that were dead are going to live again. Dreams I'm prophesying to somebody that have been dead are going to rise again. Prophetic words, you've been warring a good warfare. You've been fighting a good fight. But guess what? Guess what? God says, I'm bringing you to a place where you're going to see fulfillment. You can do it. I don't care what the enemy has said. I don't care how many failures you've had. I don't care, I don't care how discouraged you might feel. I want to declare in your, word, in your ear a word of encouragement. You can do it. You can do it. This is just powerful stuff right here. You can do it. And I'm not just talking about just having your best life now. I'm talking about you can do it. You are capable. You have the skills. You have the talents. You have the abilities. What's in this house, God says, guess what? I'm bringing some things together. There's a new layer that's rising up in this house. There's a new company of people that's rising up in this house, and there's, a, there's this dance that's about to take place in the spirit where the Bible says the young and the old are going to dance together. There's a dance that's going on. I hear a sound in this house today. Can I prophesy in this place? I hear a sound in this room that's going to create a dance in this house. There's going to be a rhythm and a flow that's going to bring in the harvest like you've never known before. Is your name not City Harvest Church? I put harvest in the middle of your name, and there's a harvest that's waiting for you in this hour and in this time. There are the nuns, the duns, and those on the run that God's going to use you to touch like you've never known before. You can do it. I love Caleb because he's bold enough to interrupt a moment of doubt and to say, you know what? Shh. See, I come from here to from Georgia to Oregon or Washington. What did I fly into Oregon? But I moved into Washington. I came here to say shh to every enemy, to every lying tongue, 
that would try and speak in your ear. And I come to declare and make an announcement to silence the voices and to declare it's time for you to rise up. It's time for you to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. There's, 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 there's hospital emptying anointings in this room. Come on. Anointings over cancer. Can I prophesy? Anointings over HIV. Anointings over Alzheimer's. Come on, somebody. Anointing over dementia. Anointing over blood disease, diabetes. There's anointings in this house. I mean, we're going to lay hands on people tonight, but also when you walk into the room, everything changes. And when you step into the place of who God's called you to be and you get like Caleb and you say, enough. If you walk out of here with anything, I want you to walk out of here with a little bit of attitude. Or as the young people say, a little bit of swag. You need some swag. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what? Enough is enough. You need to go home and say, enough is enough. You need to go to work tomorrow and say, enough is enough. Guess what? God's spirit is going to reign. God's power is going to be take precedent over everything else. His voice is the voice. And so guess what? God's going to move. Miracles are going to happen. I am expecting miracles. And why was this? Why was this? And I'll close with this. Because we'll have a party tonight. Ain't no party. Like a Holy Ghost party. Because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. In Numbers chapter 14, the next chapter, the scripture says, God says about Caleb, he says, my servant Caleb has a different spirit. Caleb was different. There was something inside of him where he fought, you look into the future, and he fought alongside his brothers and his sisters until they obtained their piece of the promise. But at a certain age, he still had that spunky attitude in the book of Joshua, and he realized at a certain age, he went up to Josh, and he's like, Josh, we've been at this a long time, and I have a request. I haven't made any requests except for to tell all those guys in the past to be quiet, but my only request is give me my mountain. You see, I think when he went out with those 12 spies, he saw his mountain. Guess what, baby? There's a mountain for you. There's an inheritance for you. There's something that God has for you. And that same attitude when he was 85 years of age was in him. And he said, give me my mountain. It's my turn. Can I tell somebody in this room, it's your turn. You're entering into a time of fulfillment, says the Lord. You're entering into a season where you're going to see God move like never before. You've seen miracles, you've seen measures, but guess what? God says there's more. God says there's something greater that's on the horizon. Can I stir your faith in this room for something more that God wants to do in this time, in this house, in your life like never before? You've been fighting the good fight of faith, and guess what, baby? I came here to tell you today, you're stepping into a place of satisfaction. For the scripture says in Psalm 66, it says, you've, caused, you've allowed us to go through the fire. You've allowed us to go through the flood. You've allowed men to ride over our heads. But now you have brought us out into a wealthy place. The Hebrew word is revaya. 
Revaya means the place of satisfaction, the place of fulfillment. It's time to walk in fulfillment, says the Spirit of the Lord.